Welcome back to today's episode. We're here to talk about The Brothers Son. On this podcast, we like to review the most recent installment of a different series every show. The overview of this series is Charles Son, a Taipei gangster and ruthless killer, travels to LA to protect his mother and younger brother after his father is shot by a mysterious assassin. To me, it felt a little bit like Supernatural, where Dean shows up at Sam's doorstep <laughs> and is like, Dad's missing. Well, in this case, Dad's dead, right? Well, no, Dad is actually in a coma. Dad's in a coma? Yeah. In the promotional uh, cover photo, it has, I think, their dad's head swimming in a um, fish tank behind their... Have you seen this one? It's no. the one with Michelle Yeoh and the two sons, and they're sitting at the front, and I thought it was the dad's Oh, like they're head. in a restaurant, right? Yes, they're in a restaurant. So you have seen that. Isn't yes. the dad in the background? I didn't see the dad, but the dad only shows up for like one scene. Well, if the dad's not dead, then they definitely bring him back by the end of the eight, eight episodes. But you only watched the pilot. We're here to only talk about the pilot. This is really an introduction. I thought what you were going to tell me was that the supernatural comparison is bad because uh, Charles and Bruce don't know each other. The two brothers are complete strangers. In fact, from what I understand, Bruce doesn't even know anything about the gangster lifestyle of his Yes, completely separate life. All right, so when it comes to the reviews for this show, I'm going to pop in here and say most of them mention the contrast as being one of the best parts of the show. First, you have the comedy element of it mixed with the drama slash action. Then you have the new cast, the two newbies, the two brothers. They've never really been in anything before. So Charles' son had never been in anything before this. I thought that he looked familiar to me. Charles' son, Justin Sheen, he's, uh, I think he's a workaholic because it sounds like he does a lot of Taekwondo and Jiu Jitsu and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. But he's from Taiwan and he actually got this job after like a ton of uh, auditioning after like months and months and months. Then they had to do production where he was training with the John Wick people. Yes, no. So the first scene was something straight out of John Wick or The Raid, where it's mostly one shot. It's 8711, which is the same company that did John Wick. It's the same company that Not did Day Shift. Not surprised at all. It's the same uh, director that was supposed to do a Mortal Kombat um, movie or television show back in the mm-hmm. day. Ended up dropping out. Uh, but, but Michelle Yeoh is really the centerpiece of what all the headlines were were mentioning. You got Michelle Yeoh, Inkers, Netflix's stylized gangster series. That's what the rap says. Michelle Yeoh steals the show time. Michelle Yeoh is supreme and gloriously lethal in this gangster comedy. That's The Guardian. And uh, obviously we talked about her when we did the, what was it? American, American Born, Born Chinese. Chinese show from last year. But does this feel like that's the same character as her everywhere, every, everything, no. everywhere, all at once? Everything, everywhere, all at once is one of my favorite movies. So I definitely like Michelle Yeoh a lot. But I think that that might be giving her too much praise because not only is she not in the pilot episode as much as someone like Charles Sun, who is probably my favorite character because he plays the badass character but also bruce like you were saying he bruce on the younger son the one that is almost the younger the, brother the henry um from the americans where he is living a completely different life even though he lives with michelle well, it's both kids character. up until a point in the americans yes but bruce doesn't he have that come to jesus moment in this episode does he not realize by the end of it that his family is involved he does but for like in the first scene charles there's three masked men that break into his apartment in taipei and like i said it's a john wick fight scene it's very much like foobar and obliterated where the action scenes are almost too good for a show like this because and also it's really, by a netflix show you mean or just in general it action feels shows. like it's almost over budget because the story is so stupid when you really boil it down in that way it's a lot like the brothers grimms v uh nice guys ride along central intelligence what is this 
story that you're saying is so simple. Whenever you have a character that plays an assassin, they're always going to play the straight man. And then you always have the comic relief. Like I was saying with something like Ride Along, it was Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. Or yeah. with Nice Guys, it was Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. With Crow. brothers though, is particularly. Uh, Alan and Charlie and Two and a Half Men, yes. Dean and Sam, uh, they always had that like kind of funny uh, banter between the two of them. Loki and Thor, <laughs> Michael Schofield, Lincoln Burroughs. It doesn't matter if it's a drama or a comedy. Uh, Raymond, and I'm trying to remember his brother in Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> Uh, whenever there's that, there's the angst between the and two of them, no, but the loving angst. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not really angst between because, uh, like you said, they don't know each other. But I would even also put Chuck in there, where it's sure. like you have the, the fish out of water character and the action scenes. Too. The one that is yes, the one that is thrown into this crazy world when they when the biggest thing that happened to them in the first like 30 minutes of the episode is they're trying to cover their tuition fees, so they go to their friend, and their friend is like, "Here, you, we can the, sell drugs." Is the friend JK or something like yeah, that? Yeah, TK. I think TK. It is. Okay, yeah. So. We'll get into him later, but but when you were talking about just the overall plot of this, what makes it stupid? Bruce, Bruce in his comedy, or the fact that Michelle Yo Mama's son is treating Bruce like it's still the most important thing is him being in college. Is Bruce is a is Bruce a, a parachute kid? Do you know what a parachute kid no, is? No, I don't. That's a foreign-born Chinese youth or um, Hong Kong youth, uh, Taiwan youth, uh, Taiwanese mm -hmm. youth who comes to America for the particular reason to seek an education. Like, one that was a baby when they were brought over. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like that's what the show was saying. And are they, are they wealthy? Like, no, no, that's the whole point. Oh, Mama's son isn't wealthy, Bruce, despite the fact that her, like, husband was a huge gang person? Like, Bruce it, is not able to pay his tuition. Interesting. He is, he's going to college, and he's taking the classes, but when he's speaking to, I don't know if it's a counselor or someone in college, they're like, you're going to have to pay $5,000 in the next day or couple days, or else this last semester that you've been taking courses with is not going to matter. That's why he turns to drug dealing. That's why he goes to TK, his best friend's place, and TK is like, there's a way that you're going to be able to make this money back, but it's not going to be something that you're going to like. So his his family, he was raised in not like a rich community. Like they live in LA, right? Yes. Okay. So you'd think that Mama Son would have a nest egg there that she would then be using. I think it was also partly. Education. I think it was also partly Mama Son doesn't want to pay for Bruce's education. Because what Bruce did was what Bruce did that was kind of sneaky is he actually got five thousand dollars from his mom to pay for the education. But then he decided to take an acting class, one that apparently Rachel Drash and Will Ferrell are alums of, oh, but didn't okay. tell his mom. So that's why he needs to I think that's a joke on like UCB because uh, Amy Poehler was uh, an alum of that. And so the actual actor took Groundlings classes, <laughs> I think, to prepare sort of in the same mindset as his character. Also, before he was cast, I think he was doing YouTube videos where he would do skits and stuff. So he has a comedy oh, okay. background. Um, you like the acting overall? Yes, the acting I thought was probably one of the best things about the show. I'm going to jump back into what the rest of the reviews have been talking about, which is this contrast, because you have the creator of Glee mixed with the John Wick production team. But the creator of Glee, his <laughs> name is Brad uh, Falchuk. He spun off and, and made his own production studio, Television Productions. He's married to Gwyneth Paltrow, oh, um, okay. yeah, who also has a series that is very infamous <laughs> on uh, Netflix. And, uh, and so they are working together. It's actually an all-Asian uh, writing team, except for Bra Brad Falchuk. So are you saying that Gwyneth Paltrow is producing this because you said they're working together? No, I'm saying that... Gwyneth oh, Paltrow has the Goop Show, whatever yes, that is, right, um. and he has his own deal, Brad Felchek does, which I think has been redesigned for them for where he's able to pitch it to whatever network he wants, but Netflix gets the first look at it. Ah, okay. okay. Um, but getting back to this, Brad Felchek just happens to be dyslexic, 
So one of the, the interesting things about the series, The Brother's Son, is that it's not based on source material. Like a lot of the shows, I, I think every show we're doing this if month you're, has you're source material attached to it. If you're and you're working with a TV show, that means you have to make the pitch really good. Exactly, because he says, if somebody submits a book to adapt, I'm not reading it until it's gone far enough down the line where I absolutely <laughs> have to, that's sure. So it makes sense that he would jump aboard a series like this, which was actually not inspired by uh, Chinese or Taiwanese triads, uh, but it, actually the J Japanese Yakuza. We talked about the Ch uh, Japanese Yakuza in Tokyo Vice. It played a central role in um, what was going on there. Yeah. But but this has to do with like the 90s. So like Brad Volchek, one of the creators of this show, also had a different creator of the show who pitched it to him. I think his name was Byron Wu. But Byron Wu, he decided that instead he's going to uh, augment the idea of what he stole from Juzo Itami. Juzo Itami, have you heard of him before? No. Okay, so he was this film director slash screenwriter back in the 80s and 90s. He made like 11 films. He's the type of screenwriter who like includes his own wife in most of his <laughs> films. He includes a bunch of reoccurring people. He was so he's Christopher Quentin, he's Nolan, Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. You can go onto his Wikipedia. Unfortunately, he had a strange uh, death. In 1997, he was assumed to have committed suicide by jumping off a roof. It, there was even a suicide note saying that he didn't want this affair coming out, which was published then a week huh. later. But in reality, what had happened was his whole, all his films and stuff were like societal messaging, right? Yes. And so okay. he was very anti-Yakuza. And he would make anti-Yakuza satires. And in, in 1992, he made a film called Minbo, The Gentle Art of Japanese Extortion. And in 1992, he was then attacked before or after this film, like a week or two after it was released, by these mobsters who cut his face very slowly, um, part of the Yakuza, basically saying, hey, back off. And he came out with an interview not soon afterwards saying, the mobsters are paper tigers whose ferocity crumbles when confronted with careful resistance. The fact that I was attacked proves that what I pointed out in my film was correct. If I was wrong, they wouldn't have reacted so strongly. I pointed out the truth and they wanted to stop the information from spreading. It's the polar opposite of Al Capone loving the movie Scarface. That's or, kind of what I'm getting. Or social that. media, right? Or social network where uh, Mark Zuckerberg said that he uh, enjoyed that film, right? Yeah. Uh, it's also very much like Daredevil because I think the Yakuza were villains in Daredevil and you said people worked on this show also the worked Yakuza on that. The Yakuza right? are really interesting because over the, the last 20 years, they're much less strong than they were back then. Yeah. It's actually sort of a dying off thing in, in game-wise. They're still much bigger than what Tai Taiwan gangs would be so like it's funny that they're centering this story around Taipei and the gangsters <laughs> there because it's it's much less massive than the Yakuza. Well, I think one of the best things about the show is even though I'm sure we're going to get a overall villain is that the second that Charles' son uh, steps off the plane, you even see that a flight attendant flight attendant pulls out her phone and starts alerting everyone because we see that there's not just one organization or one person coming after Charles' son. There is a ton of people that want him. He is dead. John Wick then. Yes, he is Keanu the second, Reeves. The second that he uh, gets into Los Angeles, there's multiple people that the are... The bounty goes out on his head. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. It's not even as crazy as that, though. It, the thing is, is that it, so it it's never... So it's a scale John Wick. It never breaks the bends of reality. I felt with John Wick 4, it did. Here, it at least keeps Just with it four? in its world. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, did you mention anything about food? Because in San Gabriel Valley, where the film was, where the show was filmed, um, you have a lot of... It's like an Asian-American enclave. 
uh, yeah. is the way they put it. And it, in the back room of a Newport Seafood is where they have a Mahjong club, which is like a gambling club. And that's part of the show, but maybe not in the first episode. In, in the first episode, really, it, it centers around, especially by the end, a dance club, because that's where TK takes Bruce. And then he meets kind of the person that's giving all the drugs to people because they want them to sell them at the dance club named Maya or May. But May. that's actually that's I didn't get anything with food. The only thing I remember is like we get a short uh, little montage with Bruce introduce his character to see he's still living at home and he heats up a burrito maybe. So <laughs> he's, Bruce, al- he's also and, an Uber driver. So Bruce and Charles have not like really met yet. They're yes, not- they meet at the nightclub. And the second that Charles like runs into Bruce, it's actually kind of intense, but Bruce doesn't know that that's Charles. Sure. It takes till they go to the back room and May even knows who Charles is because she checks his ID and she uh, uses like four of her people to just start beating him up or else uh, she's going to shoot Bruce. And then suddenly an explosion happens where because we, we kept on getting this inner cut of motorcyclists driving to someplace. We realized that they're driving to the back of the dance club. An explosion happens, and that is uh, people that are also trying to kill Charles. That's what I mean by so many villains going on. If Charles is supposed to be such a cool Taipei guy, right? Like yes. he is one of the leaders there, then what? who's in control here? That's the question that I think the show is trying to ask, because once Charles makes it to Los Angeles, he goes to Mama's son's house, where Mama's son and Bruce are living, and no one is there except for an assassin trying to kill him, mm-hmm. and when Charles finally does kind of defeat the assassin, he asks who he's working for, and the assassin doesn't answer. So I'm sure, that's why I'm saying, I know there's going to be an overall villain. Well, he's trying to figure to out who went after his dad, right? And yes. you, you saw that scene as well, the one where his dad gets shot? Yes. All right, and this mysterious assassin, does he wear a mask every time? Or? There's a lot of people wearing masks. Mask. The <laughs> yeah. motorcyclists are wearing motorcycle masks. The three people that he kills at the beginning are wearing masks. The assassin at the home is wearing a mask. Everyone basically is. Is it too much action? Not enough comedy? Or no, just actually. The right so that's yeah. that's the thing that I, I'm kind of mixed with because the comedy, I, even though there are plenty of jokes and you can tell that some of them are funny, I didn't actually find it to be that great. I thought it was more entertaining and uh, also with the action and just what's going on with Charles rather than it is with Bruce which is why I think we're past the worst of it with the pilot. I see it as like the first Hobbit movie where I know people were not a big fan of that first Hobbit movie, but afterwards they kind of liked the second and third film, even though I disagree with that opinion. Here it's like, okay, Bruce finally knows that he's in this crazy life. Literally, Mama's son at the very end of the episode has a power drill and is uh, is chopping it up Daredevil style, the assassin that was at her home, and saying, uh, Bruce, you have a test to be studying for. So it's like, we're, we're obviously going to be getting probably some of that funny interaction that the reviews are talking about, and a crazy uh, Michelle Yeoh, which I think is the best type of performance that we can get from her, especially after everything, everywhere, all at once. But uh, for the pilot, it's itself i felt like there were slow parts and there were good parts which is why i would even it out to like a six out of ten you're gonna give it a six out of ten but will you continue watching yes no i may like skip through the rest of it just to see how it uh, like did, did charles have a nickname did you get to hear his name chair leg was the one that he had here and it makes sense because the three largest triads in taiwan are uh, bamboo union four seas gang and heavenly way gang and two of the most famous people from taiwanese like gang trivia history right, right? uh were nicknamed king duck or dry duck 
Um, <laughs> same person. Uh, or Mosquito Brother. That was like the grandfather of the... Uh, and, and Mosquito so, Brother. Yeah, and this is the brother's son. So maybe there's a connection there. Uh, overall, though, it's supposed to, I think, be a mocking the idea of uh, gangs in general. Because yeah. Byron Wu, his idea that he took from Juzo Itami's experience was that... And I didn't even explain. When he died, though, a few years later, like maybe 10 years later, that's when the Yakuza took... Um, uh, what, what's the word? Responsibility for it. And they said he didn't want to jump off that building. We were basically forcing him to either be, get shot or jump, and he didn't survive when he jumped. Um, and and uh, but but Byron Wu said that uh, Asian American male masculinity and insecurity was the thing that he was thinking about at the time. That's what caused him to write the characters of Bruce and uh, TK, mm-hmm. right? But not necessarily like everything else spread out from that. Well, so, they're the they're the main comic relief. Yes. So that that's what he's, I think, centering on. Kind of like with uh, when the Holocaust, uh, they tried to make the Hogan's Heroes show show all the Nazis to just be jokes. Yes, you know, like right. uh, just making fun of them all the time. And then maybe that's the reason why, whenever it got to Bruce's storyline, it felt like it was so slow. Because with Charles, it was just constant action and really cool action at that. And with Bruce, it was like, ah, yeah, some of the jokes you're saying are funny, but I just don't see really where the story with him is going. But Charles represents that gang lifestyle. I know it's almost glorifying it from if he's really. I really think cool. you need to see the action scenes to understand they're supposed to be about. like this is what michelle yo said yeah. uh, buster keaton or jackie chan and jackie chan <laughs> i can totally see how he used comedy in in every action scene that yes. he did. it would be crazy if he made a guest appearance but again that would be uh this is more about taiwan taiwan and he's more chinese so. yeah also yeah. i do feel like with jackie chan films and maybe i'm just remembering it wrong but there's always a sense of a, there's also owen of, wilson they, they need they, to get owen wilson too i guess they do go kind of <laughs> all on crazy with it for, <laughs> for sure they do yeah. especially back in the day especially when he was just doing chinese films um sons of anarchy peaky blinders warrior at least you've seen two of those <laughs> yeah um, they're usually pretty cool do you see this show being related to that? Warrior the most, probably. Because okay. I, I, but that Warrior's was been saved. Of, I think it's going to its third different like network now. That's probably like its fourth season now, but that was based on Bruce Lee's life, if I remember correctly. I think you're right. Um, and then his sister, too. Uh, the verdict uh, has been pretty positive around this. You've got a 7.7 on IMDb, 3 out of 5 stars on Guardian, uh, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then you have The Hollywood Reporter coming in saying it's a zanily entertaining action dramedy, The Family's Chemistry, Grounds the brother's son in a surprisingly relatable emotional reality. It borrows from Edgar Wright. Yes, Edgar Wright, definitely. The tone, because it's very colorful. But I think that it's false to say that it, it, it's grounded, because Michelle Yeoh, at the very end of the episode, is chopping up a dead body right next to her son, sure. Bruce. No, may, maybe you'd agree more with IndieWire. It says it's, it takes itself too seriously. IGN gave it a 5 out of 10 and says it won't stick to its odd couple comedies, shortchanging some of the funny familial dynamics in favor of tiresome gangster drama. That's why I was asking if there was too much action in there. And then San Francisco gave it the worst review out of all of them. Again, it has a 7.7 on IMDb and I think like a 60-something on Metacritic. So overall, pretty positive. But what did San Francisco say? San Francisco said co-stars are amateurish, so he really didn't like the new talent. And uh, because the show is a tonal disaster. So maybe he's just not a fan of Edgar Wright. Whenever it did go for the semi-dramatic moments, which I can't think of too many in the episode, I did think that the show slowed down. But I don't think... But it doesn't take itself too seriously. 
so I didn't feel like it ever, like you were saying, was too much. Other than the drug thing that he was, that Bruce was apparently trying to get into at the same time that his brother was coming over to protect <laughs> him, um, did they show any other type of crime that they were committing? Um, this this uh, triad or whatever no. that he's a part of. No, it was mostly just the drugs for the first. So you episode. didn't get any sort of human trafficking or silencing journalists or drug or yeah, you, you got the drug smuggling. Um, no, I didn't get any. Uh, human I'm just trafficking. saying things that gangs are known to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, the last miscellaneous fact I'll throw in there is that that film that Juzo was coming out with at the very end of his life. No, actually, this is about the 1992 one. I'm sorry. The film's timing was very good, and the attack on me made more people interested. <laughs> um, but even with all those elements, it still only brought in 1.5 billion yen at the box office, which isn't very much. This shows the decline in the Japanese film industry. And I looked it up, and yeah, the golden age of Japanese film was obviously in like the 50s, mm -hmm. the 60s. By the 90s, it was dying out. But I am proud to say that like now with movies like Godzilla Minus One, that just keeps on breaking records. Yeah. It's the all-time highest grossing Godzilla Internationally, film. Internationally, yeah. And it not just for international, but for Japan that they've ever yeah. made. So so that's pretty cool. And I think that he'd be happy to see that today, even though it's not really a societal... Well, no, actually it is. You know, Godzilla it mentions plenty of society. Any final thoughts that you want to make about the brother-son pilot? No. Did you ever finish American Born Chinese? No. And I don't remember if I said I would. I remember there was... Uh, he was also from Taiwan, I think. Right? Like the kid yes. wasn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michelle Yeoh, though, um, her, her character wasn't as big as it is supposed to be in this. So when talking about this, I think Mama's Son, Charles, Bruce are the main three. Then you got TK. And then uh, there are other names like Alexis and Grace, who I don't think you've mentioned. I don't think just we not were introduced yet. to them yet. All right. Well, then I guess we'll just leave it at that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Also, next episode, I think, will be um, uh, Echo. Probably. No. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.